The Great Reset. How it's affecting our churches. Let's go bold. I'm Scott Patton. Thank you all for joining us today for the Go Bold Podcast. And consider hitting that like, subscribe, and share our buttons on our YouTube channel. And also uh, appreciate it if you would like and follow our Facebook page at the Go Bold Network. And finally, check out our website at thegoboldnetwork.net. That's the goboldnetwork.net. The greatest strategic danger to the lost is silent and timid Christians. We're going to call out the persecution and the deception of the church and the Christians in all forms, and we're going to be bold, and we're going to stand up for King Jesus against the cancel and the Marxist culture. You're probably wondering where we've been for the last couple of weeks. Kayla and I have taken a little break, and we've, uh, we're making some minor changes. You're going to see some changes here on the Go Bold Network, but as always, we really appreciate you watching, and Sing us a comment or two uh, down in the comment section. We'd love to hear your feedback, and we really appreciate everybody's feedback. You're probably wondering what the Great Reset has to do with the church, and especially uh, the Southern Baptist Church here in southwest Oklahoma, and, and how in the world is it, does it currently tie into the, how does the Great Reset turn in, tie into the Southern Baptist Convention? We've seen a lot of things going on this week, uh, this past week in the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, and I'm working on several podcasts to address that. But it's very important to understand, I think, right up front, what is the Great Reset? And you're seeing a lot of this unfold as we speak. And as we've noted many times here on the Gobo podcast, and I've said this in the pulpit, Satan is all about control. And I saw an article today, I can't remember, from Russell Moore or David French, one of those uh, <laughs> one of those hardcore Democratic strategists that pretends to be in the church, um, where they were talking about when what we call spiritual warfare a lot of times is actually just politics. Well, I totally disagree with that. That 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 statement is is, is absurd on its face because it's not. It's it's spiritual warfare, and especially the things that you're seeing going on today in the current Democratic Party. But Satan is all about control, and when you can bring organizations uh, together with multiple people in multiple bureaucracies. Uh, where you have centralized control, many times Satan can get control of that. That's why you know it became it's it, it, why because his his it's very easy to influence power and greed and money, and that's how you kind of rule in this carnal world. And one of the ways he's trying to establish this is in his dominion and his his disruption of God's kingdom is what we're seeing, what I'm calling the Great Reset, and you're going to see what that is now. If you look at some of the, you've seen this wokeness that we have in the Southern Baptist Convention and this, the, the very, very, uh, this, the liberal and the, really the DNC, the Democratic and National Committees take over this uh, with Russell Moore and, and um, Ed Stetzer and a lot of these guys, uh, they, and, and, and they've always tried to, to take over the Southern Baptist Convention, and you're seeing that, and you're seeing this very liberal move here. But unfortunately, what I would say to many pastors or evangelicals, uh, even from our own conventions, is a lot of times the leaders have drank the globalist reset Kool-Aid. Because the reason they have is they want to be a part of the cool kid culture. And you see this so prominently in the Baptist church now, the Southern Baptist Convention, at the national level. You don't see it at the local level, very seldom at the local level. Now, for the record, I'm not calling uh, these, these, some of these pastors or these seminary presidents or uh, uh, some of these um, leaders in, in key leadership roles. I'm not calling them Satanists. 
and I'm not calling them satanic, and I'm not calling them, I'm not using J.D. Greer's words of demonic when I disagree with somebody. Uh, but what I am saying is they're buying into false teaching, and they're, and they're getting duped, and they're buying into false prophecies. And many in the lamestream media, uh, frankly, would tell you that this is just a crazy conspiracy theory. Let me ask you something, guys. How many crazy conspiracy theories have come true in the past two years? I mean, just think about it. Just think about it. But I want us to look at what is the Great Reset. And I want you to understand this. And I think it's important that disciples of Jesus and, and Christians understand that. I want you to look at that picture there. And, and you could see what I'm talking about, what the Great Reset is. And that is one world godless government. That's what they want. That's to reshape the way we think, the way we live, the way we breathe, in order to establish a one-world global control of the earth, period. And if Satan can do that, he's set in conditions. So every time I want you to think of the Great Reset, uh, it equals globalist. This is when you hear these terms, uh, uh, when we, we throw these terms around globalist, I want you to think of the Great Reset. Now, the fact that the Great Reset is driving everything that you see in our politics, in our media, and the economy. You see this, this gigantic, stagnant, uh, this, this, this huge inflation that we have right now. You see this, 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 um, this, this enormous amount of debt we have right now. You see now when in just a short time the, the price of oil, which should be almost, we have so much here in the United States, it should be almost free. Uh, how it's, it's, it's crushing our economy right now and why you see this upsurge of Marxism and democratic communism. And you see this, and some will hypothesize that this is setting the condition for the, the great tribulation and the establishment of the Antichrist. Now, I don't know that to be true because I'm not a prophet, and I've never claimed to be a prophet, but here's what I do know. I do know that God's word is not rocket science. No, the Bible is not rocket science. It's pretty simple uh, if you just read it and let the Holy Spirit guide you when you're in his word. Just like everything else, let's let the Bible be our guide when we're thinking about the Great Reset. What you're going to see is you're going to see there's been many attempts throughout history, especially in biblically history, to have a one-world control of the earth. And the book of Genesis shows us that the efforts to establish a one-world global government has been going on for quite some time. It started with Nimrod. What a name. Nimrod, <laughs> the grandson of another than Noah. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 11, verse 5 and 6, if you have your Bible with you. If you don't, you can look it out on the screen. Because we let God's Word drive everything we do here. But I'm going to read you God's word here in Genesis chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. But the Lord came down to the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And that this is they began to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Once you let that sink in. And I want you to look at that picture of Nimrod and Satan. So here's what we see here in Genesis 11. God is theologically hacked off. And that tower, we don't know for sure what that tower is, but we, we, we assume that that's, that's a tower. A lot of people a lot smarter than me assume that's a tower of Babel. Now, 
But a lot of scholars uh, uh, think that. A lot of biblical scholars think that. Now, King Nimrod is the ruler, and like I said, he, uh, at the time, and he is, he is the grandson of another than Noah. He wanted to establish a one-world rule that could worship Babel. Now, see, this is already, this is exactly kind of what we're seeing on the globalist front right now. Now, who is really behind Nimrod? And the one world government in Genesis, I'll tell you who it is, is Satan himself. Why? Control. You see, everything in this world with Satan is all about control. Now, once you go to the next verse here, once you go to Genesis um, chapter 11, verse 7 through 9. Now, this is so fascinating, and I've used this verse in other contexts when I'm talking about the Holy Trinity. And, and check this out. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. Okay, I want to stop right there. Who's us? Think about this. So God the Father, I believe, is talking to God the Son and God the Spirit. Come, let us go down. You see, this whole notion that Jesus, the Trinity has been around since the beginning of time. It has. And the Trinity, okay, come, let us go down. Now, let's go to verse 8. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name called Babel, because the Lord <laughs> confused the language of all the earth. I want to stop right there. So that's why now <laughs> you have Hangul, you have Zisprechen, Zidoich, uh, Salam Alikum. Uh, you, could, you have uh, uh, Arabic. You have all these different types of language now. Okay, And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad all over the face of the earth. And this is where you see you have these whole multicultural approaches now, and you have everything scattered all over the earth. Okay, now once you look at that, that tower of, of Babel. Now, on a side note, I want to go back to this whole idea of us. Isn't it awesome that the full trinity of God is on display in the book of Genesis? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So God didn't throw down a 100-pound hailstorm on these guys because they were acting like one-world global uh, governance clowns, okay? No, he didn't use a heavy missile strike like he did on Sodom and Gomorrah. No, God's wisdom, God's wisdom knew that the earthly domain, it's hard to restrain Satan, okay, in a one-world godless government. He knows this, okay? Satan hates to deal with decentralized because God has more power. He can spread out. His angels are everywhere. Satan's got a finite amount of resources. God's word, God's word reveals this, and I want you to think about this in context. I want you to fast forward now from the book of Genesis to 1990. Now, you see that picture of the bushes and Bill Clinton. I'm sorry. It's Bill Clinton. Yes. He's there with <coughs> George Herbert Walker Bush. Now, this has been in the work for some time. This whole thing with the Great Reset and these globalists, okay? And I will tell you guys, it's not just a Republican and Democrat thing. And that's why, you know, guys, when I talk about, when I preach uh, about politics in the pulpit, most of the time I'm coming after both parties. Most of the time I am. I am. But, I, I you know, it, and it's been more uh, here recently with the Democrats, uh, it, you know, with all their abortion and the uh, the the whole the all the evil that they have been aspiring to and their anti-Semitic and really the the racism that we've seen in the Democratic modern day Democratic Party, but a lot of times um, 
what I want you to understand, since the League of Nations failed after World War I, George Herbert Walker Bush, okay, called for a new world order in 1990. You saw that, and I remember that. He's called that when uh, Saddam Hussein abated Kuwait. And then you had in 1992 uh, a meeting of the world leaders for Rio for this thing called Agenda 21. Now, then I want you to fast forward some more. You had the election of Bill Clinton in 1992 to 2000. Then you had George Herbert Walker Bush's son, George W. Bush, uh, president from 2000 2008. So you had right then 16 years of hardcore globalists. They were they just just plain and simple. Now, they got involved with everything, United Nations, UN peacekeepers. They got involved in places like Somalia, places like Iraq, places like Bosnia, uh, Kosovo, Syria, you name it. It's a new world order. Then came the prize of them all, Barack Obama. Yes, he was a prize for the for really the globalists because he he was remember he was going to fundamentally change America. And that's what he did. Now, more important for your global citizenship is now American citizenship. I want you to understand this. They want you to have a global citizenship. So you're not just a citizen of the United States. You're a citizen of the United Nations or whatever they're going to call this global uh, reset. Okay, You're a citizen of the world. But here's what I'm telling you. The Bible says very clear, clearly that our citizenship is in heaven, period. Our citizenship in heaven. Your heavenly citizenship. And this is where you see this big fight with the globalists. They, this is where they like to they make fun of you. They call you a, 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 you know, a Bible, Bible thumper. Yeah, they're going to do that. And here's the thing. This is all about control. It's, this is why you see Barack Obama come out and say, oh, they're clinging to their Bibles and their guns. They want universal health care. It's all about control. Except for, you know, Congress, of course. They, they have their own cool health care plan, and they're not getting vaccinated and a whole bunch of other things. But it's all about control. Now, according to Pastor Paul Blair, I thought this was a really neat thing. Um, I went to a, a, a conference here a while back, and one of the things that I saw was um, in the coming election of Hillary Clinton was reset was inevitable, okay? Because, see, what they thought was going to happen was Hillary's going to get elected in 2016. So she would be the one that really put the nail in the coffin uh, if you will, for this this whole idea of a global reset, okay? But something crazy happened. And much to the chagrin of the globalist uh, is that big, nasty, mean man with orange hair got elected. Oh, you can't be serious. Yeah, Trump, that American business. And see, here's the thing. Trump didn't have necessarily a theological view of the world, but he did have a world from a business, a global businessman. He saw how 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 much America was getting ripped off. Now, now I'll just tell you by February 2020, and you're going to think I know you're, some people are going to throw rocks. Oh, you're just a Trump supporter. I'm just going to give you some facts. Okay, so Trump takes this America first, not a globalist. Okay, ideologue. He takes an American first. Uh, 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 message to the problem, and unemployment, housing, minority businesses, the economy, immigration, low inflation, low glass prices. Uh, we have our own fuel. We have our American embassy has moved to Jerusalem. Our enemies were on notice. North Korea uh, was downsizing their nukes. Iran was down nice, downsizing uh, their nuclear program. China was renegotiating our trade agreements. All these things started happening. 
and it just rattled the globalist chain. It did. Now, this is not a Trump campaign commercial. I'm just telling you the facts as they happen. And, and, and I know that, that some people have a hard time. But it's just like it's also a fact in this very short time, all those advantages we had are gone. You see that picture right there of George Soros. Yeah, a very, very evil man, I might add. <laughs> and we put that picture next to him with the, you know, the Empire Strikes Back of Dr. Evil there. But George Soros stated that the Trump problem, he said this in 2012. He said, he said this for quite a few times back in, the, in 2017 and 2018. He said the Trump problem will go away in 2020. And amazingly, his prediction came true. COVID-19, mail-in voting, critical race theory and intersectionality infilling every institution we had, every institution we had, the military, the FBI, everyone, public schools across the country, okay? And see, this is what the left is doing. This is this whole part of this critical race theory and intersectionality. This is, this is all, it all ties in, folks. But here's what bothered me even more. The Southern Baptist Convention of Resolution 9. And I'll just tell you right now, and to this day, the globalists have moved on the Southern Baptist Convention. They have their, they have their, their heels dug in here. And this is why I think it's going to collapse. I think, uh, I think uh, God is going to take down the Southern Baptist Convention because they've gotten so rotten uh, to the core and corruption. And you're seeing how the globalists move inside the convention has is just killing it. And even though they're doing some great things, we're doing some great things, and people are getting saved, you've got so much corruption with the money. And here's what I'm saying, guys. Some of this at the upper levels of the SBC with Russell Moore and, and Ed Stetzer and some of those guys uh, that they had, uh, some of it was deliberate. And then some is just sheer naiveness of pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention that, that are just they're so busy trying to do the Great Commission work, they don't see what's going on. And 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 they don't and they're doing this beautiful uh, godly work of saving souls, and at the same time, the people that they're entrusting and the churches that are sending all these millions and millions and millions of dollars of co-op tithe money to, uh, they're sending all this, and these evil wicked things are happening. So remember, Satan's control; he's in control of all this. And and if the globals, he's all about control. If the globals can control the church, Satan wins. And this is why you're seeing this. Why do you think you see this, the chaos in the Southern Baptist Convention right now? Because it's under attack from all fronts, but especially from within the ranks. That's what we're seeing. And we'll Scott, what does that have to do with the Great Reset? I know that's what some of you are asking right now. What does the Southern Baptist Convention have to do with the Great Reset? I'll tell you what it has to do. Everything. Everything. One of the ways the globalists control, I want you to let this sink in, folks. One of the ways the globalists control us as the U.S., is through the Council of Foreign Relations, called the CFR. Founded in 1921. You guys know that uh, I'm an old Army colonel. I spent uh, a lot of years working national security issues for our government. I was even a Dwight D. Eisenhower fellow where I would go around and lecture uh, across the country uh, on uh, national security issues. So I know a lot about the CFR. It's the United Nations. It's really it's the United States. It's it's in the United States. It's a a nonprofit uh, think tank, specializes in U.S. foreign policy, international affairs, 
any given day, you got about five to 6,000. I think the last number I look at is a little over 5,000 um, uh, members. Uh, usually, uh, senior politicians, you got uh, a dozen secretaries of state, you got former CIA directors, bankers, lawyers, professors. And, and here's the thing, guys most of the time, these are from both political parties, Democrat and Republican. You got media figures. But here's what you also have that nasty. George Soros, yes. Now, their headquarters is actually in New York City, <laughs> Gotham City, but it has offices in Washington, D.C., and, of course, they are located, I've been there, uh, at Foggy Bottom um, next to the U.S. State Department. Wow. And you see, that you know, a lot of times the, the CFR staff and the people that are working in the CFR, it's a revolving door from the State Department to the CFR, and regardless of what party. And this is why, this is why uh, they were so uh, affronted to Trump, because he didn't like any of these guys. Now, everyone knows the foreign policy world and the national security world. If you've been working in that world, you know the role of the CFR, the Council of Foreign Relations. You know what an incredible role they play in the United States. They are globalist. They have always been for one world government. Um, they are very, very powerful. They're well-funded, and their influence is off the charts, folks. I want you to just understand that with the CFR. And you say, well, why? You're a pastor in, in Deepwoods off Oklahoma. Why does this matter? Here's why it matters. Every U.S. leader, except for Trump, moves to the will of the CFR and the foreign policy arena. They do. And you, you can't get, get elected without that. Now, that's why they're interchangeable uh, with um, uh, many things that you see uh, in the media. They'll go from the CFR, then they go work in the State Department. That's why they're interchangeable. Okay? Now, once you look at that guy in the picture, the guy with the beard, his name's Ed Stetzer. Now, this should be pretty alarming for you. Ed Stetzer was a former, uh, and this is this is according to the website, um, 30 Pieces of Silver. They broke the story. I believe it was in June or July. But Ed Stetzer is a globalist evangelical, and he has a job now in forming the Council on Foreign Relations but he's also a member. He's one of those few 5,000s. Imagine that. Ed Stetzer is no stranger to working with globalists, okay? He has been doing this for a while. He's been, he's, he joined the Council of Foreign Relations. I want to say, and I said it was in June. I think it was in May. I've got it here in my notes. May of 2021. And you say, well, how does a former director, how? Now, just answer this, guys. Think about this for a second. Ed Stetzer was the former director of LifeWay Publications. That means every single Baptist church in the United States, all 50,000 of them, are connected to LifeWay some way with our, with our, uh, uh, with our uh, Sunday school core leads, you know, the women's magazines. And I will tell you guys, and, and the way they're written, just watch it. And you say, well, how, does, how in the world... Does does a former director of the uh, uh, the of Lifeway now a member of the Council of Foreign Relations? You know what he's doing, folks. And here's what is, is scarier than the, the Lifeway. He was on JD Greer's resolution team. Uh, he uh, he was the resolution chair uh, for uh, the SBC 2020. Now we didn't have that convention, 
But the fact that Ed Stetzer was the, the was on the resolutions committee, was the chair of that resolution committee, ought to tell you something. Now he's advising the Council of Foreign Relations or the Globus, and, and they have him in charge of things. You know what his job is? To deal with conspiracy theories in the church. Oh, you see where this is coming from, guys. You see how this national control of the Southern Baptist Convention and how you have these people right here. Think about this. COVID-19. Remember all the things that you had, the immigration. How, how did this happen? You remember the, the whole idea with the Gospel Coalition. You remember Russell Moore and his friend Beth Moore. And you see all these things that were happening last year with J.D. Greer, all these things. Now, Ed Stetzer, the former director of LifeWay, former executive director of the Southern Baptist Convention's LifeWay Research Division, now in thrones. He's a, he's, he's a, a distinguished chair of the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College. Okay, think about that. Ed Stetzer also joined in the violent protest of Black Lives Matter in Chicago. Think about that with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Also, one of the reasons he joined the CFR was to stop the conspiracy theories that the coronavirus was started in the Wuhan lab. <laughs> really? Man. Like, that was a conspiracy theory. I can't imagine the Wuhan virus starting in the Wuhan lab. Yeah, kind of proving that one wrong, Ed. Remember, at the beginning, all these amazing theories now have kind of become facts, and we just kind of brush them off the table. Yes, he was the head of the 2020, you see that picture there, resolution committee for none other than J.D. Greer. Now, I just want you to understand this. A man that shares a club membership with George Soros is making policy for the Southern Baptist Convention. And he is identifying Christians like, you know, 90% of the churches that, that, that we're sending our co-op dollars to this, guys. Think about this. Our tithe monies are going here. You say, well, just probably a few percentage points go to, 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 to the, the executive committees and, and the ELRC. Okay. I want to tell you something, guys. This is where I take this personal. There has been no denomination that's had a greater influence on the gospel, I believe, than the Southern Baptist Convention. It's all it used to be all about just getting missionaries to the field and getting people saved, planting churches where they can't, uh, where where we need churches, getting people saved. It was all about the Great Commission, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. That's what it was all about. Okay, now. And, and, and it was, but here's, here's what's happened. Here's what's happened. It's slipping away. And why? Why? Why did that happen? We have so many pastors today, and especially in the SBC. And I, and, and, and I say we probably have, there's, there's, there's a maybe 5 to 10%, maybe, if that many, of these liberal pastors that have influence over about 90% of the convention. But most of these pastors in the SBC are God-fearing, awesome men. They're good men. And they're good God-fearing pastors that are preaching the whole counsel of God. But some are naive. Some are scared. And some are getting duped by a handful of what I'm calling wolves in sheep clothes like Ed Stetzer, Russell Moore, the Gospel Coalition, Christianity Today. You've seen them all. They are. 
But I want you to take part in one thing. I want you to take part in one thing. I want you to think about something. I love, I just did a series in Romans. You guys probably see here on the Global Network. Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, who could be against us? I'm going to say it again. If God is for us, who could be against us? What do we do now? What now, Lieutenant? Well, I'm going to tell you something, guys. In the church, call it out. Tell pastors, include me, tell, tell your Sunday school. Because it's like I said, 90 to 95% of the pastors in the SBC have absolutely no clue what's going on. And you're going to see with the, just the thing that's going on here with the uh, waiving of attorney-client privileges. That's, yeah, we're, gonna, we're working a whole separate podcast for that. But that is going to bring the Southern Baptist Convention to its knees. And it's probably going to be a moot point here shortly because I think it's, it's going to collapse. But I was, I, was, I, was, I was one of these naive, not in a clue, this pastor for so long. And I didn't ever really get involved until I just saw some things that just blew my mind. Now, here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to let God's word drive your decisions for your church. I want you to call. I want you to get involved. I want you to get involved at the state and the local election. I want you to vote. I want you to call your congressman. I want you to go down to the school board meetings, yes, and I know that the FBI now are calling a lot of bonds against critical race theories, a new form of domestic terrorism. Imagine that. But do you remember this? The power of prayer and the power to say no. Just say no. Well, what does that have to do with the Great Commission? I'm going to tell you something, guys. It has everything to do with the Great Commission. Do you think that a global government is Great Commission friendly? Do you really think that? I've got some great condos you can buy in Afghanistan. And I've got some delicious apples that I could sell you that were in the Garden of Eden. Guys, here's the thing. We can't be silent anymore. And I'm going to close one more time with that beautiful verse. That beautiful verse, it's in 831. I want you to remember that. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? We are children. But don't be afraid. Don't be scared. We can be bold and we can be brave. God bless you, and go bold.